Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is brought to you by Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery community, a thriving network of individuals who are fighting back against the stigma of addiction and recovery. Join your hosts, the Podfather, Jersey Ed, Miss Meg, as they break the silence and speak up about the real issues of addiction, treatment, and recovery. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friends in Recovery Podcast. I am the Podfather, Mike Miles. And I am Miss Meg here. Miss Meg. What's up, guys? And I'm Jersey Ed. Corona, corona in in my garage. Yes, you are. Guys. I miss Thank you guys. Thank God. And we also have the uh, producer extraordinaire. We have sweets on the uh, microphone over there. I am. I'm in the background. I, is, on, is he on the microphone? He's sitting on it. I'm on it. He's on. He's got a. So he new, must be. He must be small. He's got I a. Am. Very, very, very oh, small. We'll keep Tiny everyone guessing, right? Yeah. He is short, though. I got to say that. <laughs> he, has to, he has to look up to look down. <laughs> Are you evaluating all those uh, those emails that you're getting of the pictures of you? Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Keep them coming, guys. Well, That's you want right. to keep those pictures coming? Tell about our contest suites. He's a good-looking man. So the contest is, is that you can draw what you think I look like in any of the outfits that we've discussed, and you That's can right. scan it, take a picture of it, email it to us, and then I will take a look at it. And the winner, the one that I like the most, will get a T-shirt and a chance to be on the podcast. That's Ooh. right. And today, he has on flip-flops, some really tight yoga pants, and a, uh, what is that, a half shirt? Yep. <laughs> God almighty, kid, you are in shape. You are one rugged looking dude it is a shape it is a shape you get to decide what shape it is but yes it is a shape are you smuggling something (laughs) guys he has a mask on right is he i heard he has a mask on today a little white mask it flips up yep yep looking good so anyway here we are we're having a a great podcast even though ed's in uh a, be- a better podcast, I feel. I think. Oh, much better. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> Ed's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Our guest is in Florida, That's and right. we're up here in dreary Massachusetts. I know. I just want to give a quick, uh, quick, quick, uh, tell everybody who our guest is today, Dr. Robin Barnett. Um, she is an addiction specialist, and we're going to talk to her in a little while. You just got to put up with our bullshit for the next couple minutes, and then uh, we'll bring we'll bring two smart people into the room. Right? <laughs> Wasn't the doctor on one of our previous podcasts? Well, on our other channel, yes, she was just on our other channel, uh, answering the call, the First Responders Podcast. Wonderful so, guess. Go, go look over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's so, going to talk about addiction. So today. what? Are, what are you guys doing to deal with? the quarantine how are you dealing with it I've been aside from scrolling and watching hilarious quarantine I've been wearing memes. my mask i got my mask here yeah it's got a little cigar stain in it though of course it does <laughs> yeah i thought i was being funny i didn't know it was going to leave a everlasting mark yeah <laughs> i'm well, trying to do adjust you, by- do, you, do you feel more connected to the rest of the country right now because you know everybody's doing the same thing everybody's sitting around everybody's place. struggling like i actually uh, i feel more connected right now because I know everybody's going through the same thing right now. People are friendly. Everybody's happier. struggling. If I see people out, I know they got the same worries, fears, and concerns. Yep. Like, like I, for some reason, I feel more connected to the people in my neighborhood, my community, right. when I'm grocery shopping. Like, we're all trying to stay away from each other. Yeah. Um, like, when I'm watching Netflix, I know everybody else is too. Mm-hmm. Same shows, because the memes are all about the same shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of I meme sharing. Lots of meme. Watch Tiger King. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you won't regret it. 
I've been watching the old shows, Andy and Mayberry. Yeah. And then I'll see an actor that's on there and I'll Google their name and I find out that um, Ryan O'Neill was a boxer. Yeah. I never knew that. The yeah. actor Ryan O'Neill was a boxer. He went to Phillips Academy in Massachusetts. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I get all these little tidbits, you know, useless tidbits, but I find them interesting. Although I have yeah. to say, I was out at the pond uh, yesterday, the day before, doing some schoolwork. And um, I noticed a little bit of sh- a little bit of a shift, I think, in the energy of the people around me. And I feel like I, I was sort of upset about it because I feel like for me personally, and I'm only going to speak from my experience, and I also recognize that this is a challenging time for a lot of people in a lot, in a lot of different ways. For me, it's been a benefit because I've been able to sort of prioritize, slow things down, and actually recoup some time here, not realizing how much time I spend getting right. ready and traveling to places and how much yeah. I make better use of my time when I don't have to do that. So for me, it's been really nice. I am sort of an extroverted introvert, I think. I can um, uh, entertain myself and find things to do. And I feel like I'm caught up on all my work and I'm at peace with my timeline of when everything is done. When I was at the pond, though, I did see people out driving that were very aggressive People were fighting with each other in the bike lanes. <laughs> people were acting a little crazy at the pond and like, just, I, I don't know. I feel like now people are really experiencing the stress and the people that don't have an income coming in are feeling it. And I right. think people are really um, going to start to lose their shit yeah. this week. I can see it. I, I can see it. Well, you know, I, I, and I have to agree with you, Meg. I'm, I'm using my time a lot more wisely um, because I'm, I'm, because as an addict, I, I need to have structure and need to do things. And then the first, when it's first start, I'm like, what do I do? Cause I can't get on the road. I can't get up here to see you guys. I can't go visit people. So I had to really figure something out what to do. And it made me think even more, it made me use my brain. What can I do? How, do, how can I stay relevant? And one of the ways guys, I want to tell everybody, uh, we do um, two AA meetings a day, noontime and 7 PM Eastern. All, every, it's also Eastern time. Um, and we get people from California. We're getting people from Texas on there. Minnesota, um, Arkansas, Florida. We got a bunch of, I want to say hello to all my nurses. Hi, hi ladies and, and guys down uh, all over the country, uh, all the nurses program that, that's on the meetings. Um, and the, the cool thing about it is I'm getting meetings. I, I'm, I think I'm going to do a 90 and 90 pretty soon. I mean, you know, and without leaving my fucking house, you know, and uh, it's just amazing. Like, like I think time management um, with between Zoom and, and figuring out, how to make the best of these times um, is 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 just amazing. What 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 it's what it's making how it's making us think. And uh, um, but the the main thing is getting these meetings in every day. You know when I'm up there with you guys. Um, you know after we record and me and Sweets either do another podcast or another show or whatever. Or we smoke cigars or have dinner. I get back to the hotel and at eight o'clock at night I don't want to go to a meeting. Who the fuck wants to go to a meeting when you work all day and and everything? But this. With the Zoom thing right now that I'm on, um, we can I can go to I can sit in, in my bedroom or sit on the couch in, in the hotel and get a meeting. You know I normally don't do that. And and uh, Chris Cuddy here, I want to say hi to Chris, one of our our regulars on our show. Chris, how are you, Chris? Yeah, Chris, Chris, he's been he's been chairing meetings for us. Um, we have uh, uh, just people stepping up and and you know two meetings a day, seven days a week is a lot. And I've had numerous amounts of people stepping up and really, really pitching in for all this. So I want to thank everybody out there who's been doing all this. All kidding aside, I know we joke around a lot, right. show, but all kidding aside, I really want to thank everybody who's doing this and really helped out, helped us out. And uh, thank Taylor at Genesis House for doing all this for us, for for letting us, you know, 
do this. So right. I used to love to read. Reading reading is my passion. It relaxes me. I just like it. I, it puts me a place. Even when I was active, even when I was an active addict, alcoholic, I I just love reading. I finished the book, Marvin Kavanaugh's book. Oh, wow. um, what a great read. I'm telling you, I've actually read, I actually started rereading because I had started probably in October after she was on the show. If you love me, what a great, great book. I'll tell you, it's about a, um, a woman who helped her daughter find sobriety mm -hmm. and how she got through it. And it's not only funny. I, I laughed and cried halfway through the book. I'm laughing at one page and the next page I'm crying. It, amazing, amazing uh, story. So if anyone's out there, you want to find a good book, it's right here. If you love me, um, she was on our show, Maureen Kavanaugh. Super, super, super. Yeah, book. go look back in the episodes. It really, really good episode. Um, um, funny pod father, you said laugh and cry and all that. So I got a Peloton bike here, thank God, because I'm able to exercise and and, and Peloton is wonderful. Sponsor, 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 anybody? Um, <laughs> but uh, but Peloton is wonderful because in times like these, you can't leave, um, you can't go to the gym, you can't. And sweets, you know, you go to the gym, you're 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 lifting dressers and and rocks right now to fucking stay in shape out there. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's the other thing though i just want to like give a voice to this too because i think a lot of times you know like we might identify as like go 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 type a personality and like oh shit Absolutely. now it's like slow down we're in quarantine but like we got all this stuff to do so let's like make use of our time there's also a part of me too that's like been very very um comfortable with the fact that the world has slowed down and i think um from sort of a global perspective, I think this is sort of a forced way for us to shift and reprioritize and recognize that the way that we have been going has been absolutely robbing us of every opportunity potentially that we have to settle into our own humanity. We're separated from our families. We're not eating at the table. We're on our phones. We're go, go, go on the road, back home, checking the time. How much time, you know, do we have so before we true. get to settle down and get, get to sleep so we can get back up and do it again? There are a lot of people right now that feel stressed by the pressure to be productive yeah. during this time. And there's a lot of articles being shared about like, it's okay to take care of yourself and absolutely do nothing right now because yeah. we've been going so long so with the need so to true. stop and take a pause. And amen. Amen to that. The other thing, Meg, uh, is that, Miss Meg, is that um, we're all on the same playing field too. It's not like I'm sitting on my ass doing nothing at home. Um, we're all being productive in our own way, but you know, especially in my field, trying to get out there and talk to everybody and staying in, in, in front of everybody. Um, I, I'm not worried about that. So that's one less stress and I can do it. I can do it different ways. Sorry. I can do it different ways. <laughs> you shut those off, you know, <laughs> it's a little button on the side. That, you know what that means? That means it's time to bring Dr. Robin. Oh, okay. Dr. Yes. <laughs> the doctor. We, we love the doctor. We love the that doctor. That was her time that I said for her. <laughs> but anyway, Eddie, Eddie, why don't you introduce uh, the doctor? I will, I will. A good friend of mine and good friend of Genesis House and, and personal friends of ours, Dr. Robin Burnett. Um, Robin is a behavioral health sex addiction therapy uh, expert and former CEO of Park Bench Counseling. Um, she was inspired firsthand her experience with her brother um, because he was on a downward spiral from drugs and alcohol. And uh, she kind of changed years in life to um, beca become who she is today. A very, very smart woman um, as far as the field of addiction goes and, and a lot of other things too. Um, she uh, found that she found that she could uh, take the, um, the tough love concept and create something new over it for healing and freeing the family of addicts and the guilt that uh, 
a, a, you know, companies at. Um, Dr. Barnett as well is a well-known uh, resource in the clinical community. She appeared as a she appeared as a drug and alcohol counselor, behavioral health expert, and various um, national media outlets, including MTV, uh, CNN, HLN, NBC, Fox, ABC's 2020 Nightline, um, to wow. name a few. Dr. Robin uh, Barnett was a regular on the Steve Wilco show. Um, that's NBC Universal sitcom as uh, their substance abuse expert. Uh, Robin also holds a doctorate in human services administration and master's social work. She holds two clinical licenses and certified sex addiction counselor. She's also um, a hypnotist, a ther addiction therapist. E she does EMDR and um, is, is a national master certified interventionist. Welcome to the Ooh. show, Robin. Jesus, wow. <laughs> I've been busy. I am humble. <laughs> How are you, Robin? I'm doing great. Good, doing good. Great. Are you uh, dealing okay with the, the COVID-19 and Corona stuff that's going on right now? Yeah, actually, I, I really am. And um, exactly what you guys were just saying, you know, it, it gives you the opportunity to really slow down. And uh, I've been really enjoying that uh you know as opposed to freaking out and uh you know i'm a very outgoing person so i'm i'm usually with people but this really just gives me the permission yeah to to just kind of be still and think through things and enjoy my dinner with with my daughter and um i have to say it's it's a very unique opportunity that i don't know um you know, when I'll ever have this chance again to, to be able to do this. And, and some would say, it's okay for you to do that. As a matter of fact, it's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is so true. That is so true. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's been insane. And, and, you know, how, how is, how is your clients dealing with all this stuff, uh, Robin, as far as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're, I'm guessing you're still in private practice and still doing a couple of different things. How, how do you see all this going, especially in the substance abuse field and, and, and all that? I mean, how do you, how, how's that going? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing it go two ways that either uh, those that really had their feet firm into recovery. I see them doing the zoom meetings. I see them um, celebrating their, their anniversaries. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, one of my one of my first responders has his 15 year anniversary coming up and I got invited to his, to his zoom anniversary meeting. Wow. And I was I, like, so touched, so touched by that. And I'm really excited to be part of that. Um, but then you have the others that um, are not dealing well with the isolation um, and the boredom and the being thrown off of their, their schedule and whatever their recovery program plan is. Um, and unfortunately we're seeing a lot of relapses as well. Yeah, that's going to, that's going to be the problem with relapses in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Meg, do you have any smart questions that you want to ask? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can go on, but, uh, you're the smart one in the bunch. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we hear a lot about, um, addiction sort of being a disease of isolation. And so I do think that that is a really important point to make of folks that may be weren't so steady um, and having the structure that they relied on so heavily being ripped away from them. Um, yeah. I think it sort of forces us to also look at our dependency traits too, of like, what are we dependent on? What do we need to get through the day? What do we need to survive? 
um, what's extra and then what's necessary. And then for the things that were necessary in the physical form of in-person contact, um, you know, maybe we rely too heavily on that. And then what happens if something like this happens and then it gets ripped away from us? I mean, then what? And so I'm always kind of like a then what type of person. I, I, that was my perspective when I um, was on Vivitrol and medications for me when it came to my addiction treatment of like, okay, if this doesn't exist, then what? Am I going right. to be okay? Right. And I would always flesh that out. And I think this is sort of forcing us to look at the things that we do rely on to help ourselves and then maybe um, shift a little bit and look inside and say, okay, if the world ended, would we still be okay? And I think this is amplifying a lot of fears for a lot of people. I've been in contact with a lot of people who are in recovery just over the last week with my study. Um, people are really having a tough time. People are relapsing. Um, treatment centers are probably, I don't know. I mean, are they taking people? Like I know sober homes are not necessarily kicking people out right now for relapses across the country. Some states have mandated that. What are you guys hearing in terms of that? And Robin, do you know anything from even in Florida? Um, I believe that rehabs are still taking people. There are some, uh, you know, they're, they're also bound by a lot of the regulations of how many people can be together. Um, so they're limiting the amount of people that they're taking. Um, is that what you are, are dealing with as well, Ed, with Genesis? Yeah, we are, we are still open for business as usual. Of course, um, we're keeping everybody separated. They, they actually closed the pool now. Um, you know, we were, right. we were told to close the pool. Um, and um, the Zoom meetings that we were talking about earlier, they come on the meetings at 7 o'clock at night. And half the group has to be in one area, half the group has to be in the other area. They can't go out for AA meetings, so they do come on our Zoom meetings at night. Um, it's always good to see them there. But um, a couple of states we can't take from um, that New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Alabama, no, uh, Alabama or, or no, Louisiana right now cannot fly into, um, into Florida. So there is a, a ban as far as that goes. Um, but, you know, everybody has to deal with it. And like Meg said, this is a, a disease of isolation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is this is every addict's dream, man. You imagine the guys who are, and girls who are out there fucking still using. And th this is this is like a party for them. You know, look, fuck the corona. Half those guys probably don't even know what's going on. I know I wouldn't have. I, I know I would have been like, fuck that. Just keep going. Go get in the booze and the cocaine. And this is great. Let the fuck. Who cares about the jobs? I don't care, you know. Um, but now it's the opposite of that because of due to my, my program and, and my belief in my higher power, I'm able to understand, um, you know, this will end, you know, I'm, I, when I was using, I probably never thought it would ever end. But then one day, you know, even three months from now or a month from now, I'd be like, holy shit, it's over. <laughs> this shit's over now. You know, now I gotta go, I gotta go find money. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy. So, but Robin, tell us a little bit about yourself personally and why you got into this. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I know you, we read a little bit about your brother, um, you know, maybe, maybe hit on that a little bit. Sure. Um, when I was in my, my early twenties in college, um, my brother, uh, was shot in a drug house and my family, we didn't know anything about addiction. We had no idea. Um, we didn't even realize that he was an addict. We just thought he had taken a wrong turn, you know, but um, I, when it was discovered that he was an addict indeed, um, I changed my course of education and set out to find a way to help him. And um, that has geared my entire life and career. So admirable, um, you know, especially when it's a family member. I, I've been helping people for many years um, with substance abuse problems. 
I've helped family members as well. But um, I think I was so blind, um, so blind and just not seeing the full picture. I mean, I, I can spot somebody that has a problem, but I just couldn't see it. It was right there in front of me. And, uh, you know, the guilt. I actually moved in with this person uh, just about. I, I wouldn't let him out of my sight. And um, happy to say three years later, things are good. Um, as a result of Genesis House, Eddie, um, Jeff Zizel, uh, people that I call, friends of mine that said, hey, you need to get away. You need to get out of it. You're, you're too close. And I didn't want to hear that because, I mean, you know, as a dad, I'm, I'm a good dad. I, I, it's one thing I know I'm good at. I'm, I'm definitely a good dad. Um, but I, I was loving him to death, you know, and, and I just was enabling and, and just not, not seeing the big picture. So I think um, to be able to, to, to have a success like you have had, doctor, um, with your brother, it, it, it's got to it's not only make you stronger, it certainly it probably helped your family a lot too because it's just so hard nowadays to get somebody to, 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 to see themselves, you know, as they, as they are and as, as they could be if they got help, you know? Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, Robin. And when we come back, hold that question. We'll, we'll answer that. And Meg is going to hit you with some hard-hitting uh, questions after the break. Yeah. <laughs> She's warming up now. Friends in Recovery. We'll be back. <laughs> Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. At Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery. Welcome back to the Friends in Recovery Addiction Recovery Podcast. We want to thank our sponsor, Genesis House, for supporting this show, along with individuals in recovery and the people that love them. Friends in Recovery Community of Support holds events across the country sponsored by Genesis House in Palm Springs, Florida, Marlton, New Jersey, Newtown, Connecticut, and Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. The Friends in Recovery Addiction Recovery Podcast is powered by your likes, follows, subscribes, and shares. And please be sure to do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. And now here are your Friends in Recovery. Hey everybody, welcome back. Friends in Recovery Podcast. I am the Podfather. And I am Miss Meg. And we got Jersey Ed down in the garage. Jersey not in Jersey though. Jersey Ed's not in Jersey. He's in Philly. I'm in, I'm outside of Philly in an undisclosed garage. I just Location. walked in the garage and broadcasting broadcasting you live from somebody's garage <laughs> um, we want to do our podcast pick of the week um jersey do you want a drum roll do you want a drum roll for that drum roll speech so do a little other sounds there so yeah, do it bing bang couple symbols <laughs> all right we got it. so jersey ed's podcast pick of the week is family secrets this one was brought to me by meg miss meg miss meg text me you gotta use this one you got and i listen to it i'm kind of hooked to this one this is a pretty good one hosted by da um danny shapiro um we all have them family secrets host danny shapiro and her guests um uh, uh, explore astonishing family secrets and uncover 
extra, extra, extraordinary lessons the truth can the truth that the truth can tell. Um, crazy stories, Jersey Ed says. Um, find it where you find all your podcasts. Um, where you get your podcast from but meg got me hooked on it and and uh last time i was up there i was listening to them all the way down and, and there's some great crazy crazy stories on this and uh you know about everything addiction you, you name it it's on there so um so uh family secrets jersey Ed podcast pick the week i love it good job Ed. back, back job. to the studio <laughs> <laughs> live and in person yeah, yeah we have doctor we have dr barnett on our show today and uh doctor how you doing today Doing great, thanks. Uh, a big smile on your face. You look happy. You look content. <laughs> I am happy. I am happy. It's a great day. I, I have a question for you, Robin. I, I was thinking, I was talking with a client the other night, um, and she's been doing her AA meetings online, um, mm -hmm. and she's very active, and she takes a lot of personal responsibility to be active in her meetings and sort of goes back to the motto of, like, you get what you put in and she puts in the work and so she she reaps the benefits she made a comment to me about how people can sort of and ed brought this up and ed brought it up as being a benefit this is sort of the flip side of it and i'd like to get your thoughts about sort of being a little bit more passive in meetings or these online virtual support groups or whatever where yeah okay i went to an aa meeting but really i was laying in bed and i was lying down and my eyes were closed and the screen was shut off and i wasn't active but i did listen so i did go to a meeting how do you think the paradigm is going to shift in terms of taking a level of responsibility here to keep ourselves safe and sober and what that is going to look like? Wow. Well, yeah, my, my guess is that if they are uh, laying in bed with the camera off and a half listening and half participating it's going to impact their recovery absolutely you know you have to stay diligent even though our our mediums have all changed and and our interaction has changed the uh the somewhat sedentary lifestyle that we're all experiencing um is also a great time to do real real soul and heart work it's a great time to, to work the steps. It's a great time to get into your, your big book. It's a great time to, to start working on some real um, awareness of yourself and, and how your disease has, has affected your environment and your family and, and the people around you. It's a great time to connect with them uh, because we all have time now. You know, so using that time uh, as opposed to laying in bed and and half-heartedly doing a meeting, um, you know, we can all we can all just you know act as if. Yeah. But unless you're actively participating, I don't know if it's really doing you very much good. Doctor, I have a couple questions. Um, I'll start with this one. What do you think of narrative therapy journaling um, as a as a method? I guess to um, to help you get sober or to help you uh, just get through life on a daily basis? That's question I, one. I love journaling. Like I, I really love journaling. Uh, but I love journaling as an addition to somebody's already established program and, and way of doing things. You know, you don't want to get too much into yourself where your journal becomes your best friend and it's the only person that you're sharing with. Right. Uh, person the only thing you're sharing with. Uh, but journaling also adds a level of introspection and the ability of what I love about a journal is that you can go back to the journal at a future point in time 
and you can see how far you've come right. or not come. It'll show you very clearly what your sticking points are. Um, so it can be a helpful tool towards, towards progress. Okay, that's a great answer. And, and I agree with you. I, I think narrative therapy has got to be one of the most successful forms. It's just trying to get people motivated to do it, you know, myself included. I keep a notebook for my appointments and everything. And some days I'll just write down a couple of words, where I'm at, how I feel, good, bad, arrows left or right, up or down. And um, you're right, because when you go back and look, I keep all my, for 35 years, I had a notebook in my pocket as a cop. I always wrote down all my calls, everything. People would probably not understand what I've written down, but I can look at a book from 1992, go to a page, open it, and I'll remember exactly what happened at that scene. I haven't thought of it in years, but that happened. So I know that it, it kind of it beds itself into our memories, into our brains, and it, it, it's, it's very useful. I think it's very useful. So it's good hearing you say that. My second question is this. Um, I've never really dealt with anyone with a sex addiction. Uh, I've worked with people that probably have had sex addictions, but I've never like treated anyone. So I have a person now who's a, a very successful uh, attorney, um, and uh, he does other things as well. But he has a sex addiction. He's married. He's got a family, and he's really afraid that this is going to, uh, you know, throw his life into a tailspin. Um, he's late forties, so. What's your recommendation? Um, I know you'd probably need more information than that, but just a place to start with him. Um, I, I'm just kind of lost, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sex addictions are um, a whole different world. Although they have some overlapping with substance abuse, um, there's a lot of ways that it totally deviates from from substance abuse as well. Um, the a lot of a lot of the basics of it are are the same. You know, you you get the the hiding behaviors, you get the um, the tolerance, you get the um, needing to amp it up a little bit more to get the same thrill. I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of similarities, but getting started on treatment for this takes a lot of courage. Although in substance abuse it does as well, this is hitting a different area of of who we are and our sexuality, which is um, something that has always been shamed and looked at as um, alternative, devious, uh, scummy. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of adjectives that you can put onto it. Sure. And addressing those areas takes a lot of courage. Um, there are some people that have dysfunctional sexual behaviors, but are not addicts. There's, there's a continuum. Good point. Uh, and by going to a sex, sex addiction therapist, different than a sex therapist, um, sex therapists will deal with sexual dysfunctions amongst people. This is totally dysfunctional right. sexual behavior in general, usually stemming from some sort of childhood issue. Okay. Um, so the therapy for this is very deep and takes, takes quite a while. Um, because it covers a lot of layers of who we, who we are and how our sexuality develops. Um, but seeing somebody with, with the right certification who can address this um, would be the first step because they'll be able to give them uh, testing to see if they actually are a sex addict or if they just have um, dysfunctional sexual behaviors. Great answer. Robin, when you see these people, um, you know, um, the, the people with sex addictions, do they 
do they coexist with a substance abuse disorder also? Is that, is that common that you see that? Many of them do. And usually, usually what you see, it's hard to say which one's going to come first, the, the substance abuse or the sex addiction. But what I have found is that the substance abuse tends to um, numb the shame mm. of the sex addiction. So usually the sex addiction comes first and then, then the substance abuse follows. I've treated victims of sexual abuse. Um, I have a, I've had clients from the, um, I guess they were abused by priests back in the 70s, 60s, 70s. They were, they were adult men now. And um, I've been fortunate enough to work with the Archdiocese of Boston and the, um, you know, the people that work there. They, they've been wonderful. And um, I've, I've had as many as 17 clients back when I first started about 20 years ago. And now it's down to about six um, which is good, you know. Uh, it's tough work. It really is tough work because these these are grown men who were abused as young, young, you know. Some of them weren't even teenagers; they were eleven, you know. And um, you know, they, a lot of shame. They hid it a lot from their families because their families were so pro-Catholic and, and such. But um, it is different. It's much different to, than to give someone advice that's been abused sexually and as a result of that abuse their lives have some of them have just been upside down i mean I, it, it's just uh what a horrible uh, existence i can think of two people what horrible existence they've had to live over the last 40 years 50 years you know yeah i think sort of like in that vein robin i'm curious what your experience is but i think a lot of times like you're saying childhood trauma let's say sexual trauma um it then manifests in deviant or dysfunctional ways in my experience i've seen things like S&M maybe in a healthy way um, in which people have clearly defined roles and they are willing to step into whatever position of power or not um, that they choose in that dynamic that can be incredibly healing if there's permission and there's autonomy and there's respect and there's safety. Do you see that often in your practice of people using something like that to recreate the trauma, but in a healing way? And what are your thoughts about that being a particular style of treatment? Because I know it's pretty controversial. Um, I would say for a true sex addicted person, that would not be recommended. One of the things that that is um, very, very common in sex addiction is trauma recreation. And it, it's not necessarily um, in the way that this happened to me, so this is what I'm going to do. It's usually some sort of um, morphed um, portrayal of it, such as, I'll give you an example, somebody that was raped, uh, a, a, a male that was raped by a man as a child, um, grows up, is actually heterosexual. However, tends to have affairs with transsexuals uh, because he's heterosexual, so they appear as a female, but it recreates the trauma of being raped by a man. Um, and those types of, of riddles, really, um, are part of what sex addiction therapists do, is we have to take the current behaviors and figure out what the form of this was when they were considerably younger, when whatever it is occurred to them and, and how their sexuality development was skewed by it. And, and through that process, you find out how to help the person. So 
something like like a, a controlled SNM uh, would definitely not be recommended because once you're recreating that trauma, it it becomes redundant. Yeah. So yeah. it takes sort of a life of its own on and yeah, develops it, power and develop. it. It's kind of like saying that that a substance abuse addict, uh, well, if you're if you're a heroin addict, you can drink. You know, can you? No. Because an addiction is an addiction is an addiction. So if you're going to take someone who, who's been traumatized by, by sex abuse and put them in a situation of, well, this isn't that, so it should be okay, mm. it, it just doesn't work. Mm. Guys, listen, uh, real quick, Robin, we, uh, we have to wrap it up here, but, um, uh, but can you tell everybody how to get a hold of you just in case this is a, a topic that they are dealing with? Mm. Maybe they just want to reach out to somebody and they don't know who. Here, we have an expert right here that can either direct you or help you out. Um, please let us know how to get a hold of you. And of course, all this information will be in show notes also, but um, if you could definitely let us know how to get a hold of you. Absolutely. You can just go to my website, uh, drrobinbarnett.com. Um, that's drrobinbarnett.com. And there's a contact form right on there. You can get directly in touch with me. Good. Good. Thank you, Robin. Awesome. And, thank uh, you, Robin. Thank you so much. It was always great. You're you're a wealth of knowledge. And I think we're going to be pulling you in a little bit more for maybe, maybe an expert on our show. So (laughs) anytime you need me, I'm here, Ed, you know that. Uh, You're the best. You're wonderful. We love you. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Robin. Stay safe. Dr. Robin, guys. Um, That was a, that was a, that was tough, man. I mean, I, I I understand that. Um, I remember in early recovery, my therapist told me, Eddie, be careful of the sex stuff. Um, just because you're in recovery, um, there's other things you can get into and, and shit can happen, you know, and, uh, and, you know, he's, he always said, keep an eye on it. He would talk to me every week about it in my, uh, my sessions too, that, that you gotta really keep an eye on it. So. Yeah. And I think it can, I think it can rear its ugly head for people. I think people that can maintain a period of sobriety or absence recovery, they're doing well. They're not seeing these behaviors emerge in the drug fueled or alcohol fueled way. And then all of a sudden it sort of starts to creep up and then, then they don't really realize that maybe it's a compulsion. And then all of a sudden it's like, I need more and more and more. And I'm always thinking about it. I think the other piece too, is not just the sex, but the relationship part. So the sex and love part, that SLA stuff, I mean, it's that love addiction. It's that relationship that we once had with the drug and alcohol that's now getting recreated with another human being who has a stronger and more um, subjective reaction to us. So then it turns into something else. And so I think we have to watch for this, not just in the addiction um, with the substances and then the addiction with the sex, but then how does this manifest in our love relationships with people? Speaking of sexy, sweets. (laughs) (laughs) i can't see him like everybody else but uh what's your take on all this this was a this is a show that went a a different couple different ways and uh it's 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 really good information sweets what what's your you know you've seen it and done a lot of it but what's your take on that well right now the the, uh producer extraordinaire is going to be tied up for a few minutes So he, he's not he's not able to answer that. He's changing his <laughs> nylons. I yeah. don't know. Stockings and high heels is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just want to mention uh, Rob Dr. Robin Barnett was uh, what a great guest. Phenomenal. Uh, you know, we're so fortunate to have the guests that we have on this show. We're, I mean, we're fortunate that we have a, we're able to do a show in, in this time and age right now. But yeah. to have the quality of, of the um, 
not just the personality, just her wealth of knowledge and yep. just um, everything. Very, very good job, Eddie, getting her on the show. Yeah. Well, guys, I had the, 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 the pleasure of working with her for, for a few years. Me, me, my wife and I, my wife actually introduced me to, to Robin and, and, her, and her partner, not her partner, partner, business partner. Um, and uh, they were, they're just two phenomenal women. Um, they were, they're down in, they were down in South Jersey and uh, they just did amazing stuff for the right. communities when they had their treatment center open down down there and uh you know it just it just i'm just i'm grateful to have her on the show and i don't know why i haven't haven't even thought about getting her on earlier because of all this yeah, now yeah you know? she she could definitely be a reoccurring guest you know? oh for yeah. sure and, yeah, and, and it's i gotta say i was a little nervous driving here today because i wasn't sure how this was going to go obviously you're, you're down there we're up here yeah. but having megan on the show um it, it makes such a such a difference just trying to muddle through this you know and try to help people and everything but megan, <laughs> megan honestly you you, you, Fine, you, I love you you have the best your questions i don't know they intrigue me they really do you, <laughs> you're, such a, you're such a bright bright woman and uh, just really really good at what you do so and meg tell us where we can that. find your podcast because meg does have her own podcast what yeah, i do talk about yeah, it. give a little plug for that too I do. Actually, it's kind of funny because um, as Robin was talking, I was thinking back to a guest that I had on the show that was a surrogate sex, th sex therapist really? that um, talked about the work that she does. And uh, <laughs> it's very interesting. So go yeah. back to uh, Kristen Casey. She was the girlfriend of um, whoever the guy from the Eagles was. What was his name? Oh, yeah. Um, Don Henley. Don Henley. Yeah. One of those guys. Yeah. yeah from yeah. the Eagles. Yeah. I feel, I feel, no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. But anyway, the yeah. podcast that I have is called The Addictionary Podcast. And you can find it on all major platforms. We're going to try to get on a couple more, actually. So hopefully um, you, we'll be on every platform. But, but I really think, you know, the point in saying that is like right now we're in quarantine. We got Ed on Zoom. We're in, here in studio. We're talking about online AA meetings. Genesis House is doing one uh, every day, 12 p.m., 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check that out. There's platforms all over the place where you can right. access resources like this. But guess what? Podcasts are mm -hmm. about as easy as it gets. You Doesn't go on the app, right. you turn it on, and it's like a meeting outside a right. meeting. It's feeling connected when there's no humans around. It's feeling like you're in the room when you're not. And so I think the power in podcasts right now is really showing its face Absolutely. in the fact that it's blown up over the last few years. And now we're in this position. I mean, what better resource to have right. than a podcast? And we have, I, I want to, I want to give our, our, our West coast, um, uh, silver pod, uh, silver pod. Oh, silver pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love man. those guys. Yeah. We, yeah. uh, they they had a, another good show um, uh, last. Well, if, if you look, look, just look up the, a few of their their shows, but they they they're a wonderful resource. Meg, like Miss Meg, like you were saying, um, being stuck in the house, get on these podcasts. The one thing that Silver Pod did last year, from January to December, they covered a step every month. One one you know one month of right through the step. Yep. Yeah, right through right through to December. It was amazing. Right. I, I kind of came in, I think, in August or July when I found them. But I went back and I listened to it. Those guys are spot on. Silver Pod is wonderful. That podcast, Carl, hello. Carl is on my meetings almost every night. Right. Steve wow. and Ellen, hello, guys. We love you guys. Um, and actually, I think we're going to do a podcast with them soon, too. So I heard that. that. I heard that. I'm, I'm looking pumped. forward to it. Uh, yeah. We used to do a step. We used to have Rich Rich the Step Guy um, yes. when, we, when we were doing our podcast out of Salem. And... Um, you know, to me, the steps are the meat and potatoes of my life uh, on a daily basis as a result of someone being sober. Um, there's nothing in any of those steps. I do a step meeting every Tuesday night. We just did step 11. 
there's nothing in any of those steps that will not benefit you. Um, if you're brand new in sobriety, it's a little advanced, but read steps one, two, and three. If you're new and you're just coming around and you're feeling confused and you're having a hard time, you got anxiety, you're broke, you got no money, you might not be living any place, you still can feel good about yourself. Take the step book, get the big book, just go to step one, two, and three, read them. Yeah. It takes about 15 yeah. minutes. That'll yeah. tell you who you are, what you can be, where the direction you're gonna go in, it's going to tell you, it's going to be very healing. That's how I yeah. feel. Yeah. Steps yeah, one, two, and three, I've read them a thousand times as a result. But, and as time goes on, the longer you're sober, the, the, the more you can read, the more. And, and you know, guys, real quick, I know we have to wrap up here, but um, I, I've, I've been reading a lot lately. I, I committed to, to reading as much as I could um, instead of watching the news and all this fucking shit that's going on. No, but don't watch the news, guys, because you want to talk about anxiety, man, you'll get fucking killer yeah. anxiety from the news. Especially Stay CNN, from, yeah. Stay away from that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it, I'm sorry. You had to, had to. <laughs> I had to. But, um, but it, the, um, uh, I've been reading a lot of business books. I, I love reading about business. And I figured out why yesterday on my meeting, on, on the, the seven o'clock meeting last night, um, business, is based around the 12 steps. Mm. If you think about it, you gotta be nice, you gotta, you gotta communicate, you gotta make amends when, when you did something wrong, you gotta uh, you know, help people, you gotta, Great you know, point. that's what business is. Right. So I'm, I have these stack of books that I read already, and I'm like, why do I like about business? I, I enjoy business, I enjoy you know, uh, working for Genesis House and figuring the business piece out of it, but I think I'm drawn to it because it really is um, the 12 step, that's where the 12 steps came right. from the business world and into, into our lives. And we were blessed as alcoholics and, and addicts to get, to get the, um, to get well, that's such a, such a great point. Hey, listen, friends of recovery podcast. Uh, we're here for you. You can contact us. Look at the show notes. Um, the uh, producers tied up. So we're going to have to just end this the way we usually Tara, end well, it. Want me, to, want me to send us out? Yeah, do it. Let's send us out. Yes, on, please, send us, yeah, all right, let me just say real quick. This is going to be the year of the nurses. Okay. They're already saying Amen. that. So let's, let's give a big thank you to all God the people the that are on the front lines for real. They're the ones not getting the breaks. They're the yeah. ones that are not enjoying what we're That's able to enjoy right now. So props great. to them. And, um, and we see what you guys are doing blood, sweat and tears. And we appreciate yeah, it, especially the people do. that are ill, uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and tell one person about our show that you think could benefit from it, which I think is freaking a lot of people. It's, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I we, love it, you guys. We, we love you. Yeah, thanks, Miss Meg. You, you add a lot to our show. We really appreciate it. Certainly so. do. Friends of Recovery it. Podcast. Stay safe. Stay, stay safe, you guys. Stay sober, everybody. Stay sober. There you go. That concludes this episode of Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. Thanks to Genesis House for supporting those on the path to recovery and for keeping this valuable resource free for our friends and recovery community. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the show, email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. If you can't get enough of Mike the Podfather and Jersey Ed, you can catch them on Answering the Call, the First Responder Podcast, available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube.